So welcome everyone to another episode of The Creative Minds. So I currently have with me Adam Mosley and Adam, I'm so excited to meet you. Can you just give me an introduction about who you are, what you do and yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm basically a health and fitness coach. Been doing it for about five and a half years in central London. And um, primarily, actually, over the past nine months, I've taken my business almost entirely online because of the uh, COVID crisis, which has um, turned out to be, in some ways, very beneficial and also uh, positive in a number of different ways, I would say. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and I also, when I'm not working with adults, I also uh, do health and fitness clubs for children which is called a fitness and fun club. And I do that two or three times a week. Okay, well, I should probably um, address the elephant in the room. I had COVID um, and uh, although it wasn't very nice, I was very lucky. I didn't have any uh, terribly adverse effects apart from a little bit of flu. Um, I tried uh, to keep it fairly safe. It just happened to be unlucky. And I think I, I must have called it off someone that had had other interactions. And as I said, you try and maintain social distancing and stuff but it happens yeah. um thankfully everyone that was around at the time was very supportive very caring yeah. and uh, as i said very lucky i didn't have any adverse effects but i think in general i've kind of like a lot of people i think found a way to adapt to it you know yeah. i think that's the best thing you you can do is that if you're one of the lucky people that isn't um very negatively affected by it in terms of, you know, you're losing your job or you've got a loved one who's very, very sick or even, you know, God forbid, like passes away. You try to adapt to the situation. And I think in general, people are very good at that. They're very yeah. good at adapting and getting used to a new way of life. So if I'm brutally honest, I feel pretty great. Yeah, things yeah. are really good. Awesome. Yeah. And so you are currently coaching in a gym and then with COVID you kind of switched online? Is this what I understood? So, so I've always worked with, um, I never wanted to go down the, the gym route. It was okay. something that I, I thought about doing at the beginning. Um, but actually I realized I spent so much time in the gym just yeah. because I enjoy the environment for me personally, yeah. that I didn't want to mix it with business and kind of taint that process. Yeah. And so what I did was I decided to, basically um, take on private clients. So whether it be people that had access to a garden, people that wanted me to come to them to train, or uh, a few clients who had uh, access to a private facility or mm. uh, fitness center. Mm -hmm. And although it meant a lot more travel, it was kind of really fun. And as I said, it just took it down a slightly more adventurous route. Yeah. Um, the, the business actually started before it became Adam Mosley, um, health it became it, it started off with a business called work outside so playing on the whole workout and oh, outside nice. and what i used to do was i used to take this enormous um flight case kind of like you know when the the rock stars and stuff put all of their amps and equipment in those big black and silver cases and yes. take I, I had one specially made <laughs> and I, I thought yeah you know what I can carry a mobile gym I'll put some dumbbells in it and kettlebell and things and it'll be great but being naive um, and a little bit idiotic I didn't factor in how heavy it would be or yeah. the size of it so yeah. the first one turns up and it's about the size of a small refrigerator yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got this handle. so for the first I would say year of my business it was literally pulling along this 
heavy box on wheels and going from, you know, Battersea Park to uh, this park, Holland Park, you know, and trying to get on a bus where it was a nightmare. But it was, <laughs> it was a good learning experience, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and, and so before you went into the health and fitness, mm -hmm. uh, what were you doing before that? Yeah, um, so up, uh, try not to um, go into too much detail here, but basically yeah. from about the age of 16 to about 23, I think, I was uh, a musician. So working kind of part-time, I had a group of friends who started a band in college. We went to university, continued going, um, got signed to a small record label <laughs> and basically used that for our main source of income. Going to be brutally honest with you. Uh, we were enthusiastic and not bad, but not really good enough to earn lots yeah. and lots of money. <laughs> so we, we made it work for as long as possible. But um, when that eventually ended after about eight years, I think it was, mm -hmm. um, to maintain friendships and that kind of thing, yeah. I, I moved into teaching and working with younger kids because I remembered oh. I'd done a few bits of um, work experience when yeah. I was at university. And I thought I really want to have a go at that. You know, like kids are great and... Um, yeah, teaching feels kind of fun. So I got myself enrolled in um, a school in London mm -hmm. and basically went and worked there for the best part of six years. And um, mm -hmm. that, that kind of led me to building relationships uh, with people that have actually become clients now, some of them, mm -hmm. not all of them. Yeah. And um, it also gave me more time to be able to study the thing which ultimately I loved most, which was health and fitness. Because okay. of the long school holidays and things like that, yeah. I did my training then and I yeah. started taking on private clients. So it just kind of evolved from, you know, the teaching was great, but now it was time to do something different to kind of push a little bit further and, and yeah. more importantly, be my own boss, I guess. Yeah. But why did you choose fitness and health? Like, why did you go into that path? Yeah. Um, so I, I probably credit my dad mostly for this because when I was a kid, he was a marathon runner. And so um, he would take me out sometimes to run in the woods and things like that. And I think it planted a seed from a very early age. And although I was never um, terribly athletic, not very good at sports and stuff like that, yeah. it, it was obviously in the back of my mind. And I think um, as soon as I got myself into a gym, I started really enjoying the process of being able to see that you could actually um, make changes, physical changes and see your efforts paying off yeah which is something to this day that i i love so much about it it's like having a um a kind of an ongoing project around your neck that you can just you can look at and chip away at and it's it's and really i think that early introduction to health and fitness from my dad planted the seed as i said and gradually as i learned more and became better at it i loved it more the more i learned the more i got enthusiastic about it until it suddenly became like an idea where i was like do you know what? I could actually do this full time. Yeah. This could be my thing. Um, yeah. And as soon as that idea was in my head, I think it was 2010 when that first started. From that point, I was like hooked and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. And um, it's just got, to be honest, it's got better and better. I've enjoyed it more. The more I've learned from others, the more I've pushed my body to do certain things, but also just <laughs> learning and working with some very very cool people along the way yeah and so for fitness like people would say like okay why would you need to study fitness like you just go to the gym pull up some um weights and then everyone knows the whatever how to do things what did you have to study 
for for fitness like did you what kind of programs did you take because i know people are interested in doing this but yeah. they have no idea how to start so what is what is it right. that helped you yeah right well there's some there's some big companies out there depending on your country uh for me it was um I'm, i actually might get this wrong i think it's called premier international where is okay. where i went to study in london and essentially what it was is while i was working i would go every weekend for the full weekend so i'd work five days a week and then i would go and do a weekend course and i think it lasted for six to nine months I, i'm not 100 percent sure i think it was nine months uh -huh. and i would go almost every weekend i think they might have let you have a weekend off occasionally and you'd go in there and you'd study and basically build you from the bottom up now i'd already learned quite a lot because i was interested yeah. but when you go in there they take you through everything from uh, level two which is sort of gym instructor working on the floor to level three where you're actually a qualified personal trainer mm -hmm. now depending on which company you go with and how much you're willing to put in um you can learn a lot and once you get to a level three um there's also some kind of cool tag on courses that you can do yeah. so so for example i did a pace course which was called um oh, i'm gonna get the analogy wrong basically it's yeah, yeah postural postural analysis and corrective exercise okay if anybody out there listening and says i've got that wrong you're probably right but it was basically <laughs> looking at people's form having a look at the way that they move and that kind of thing and seeing how you can correct that with exercise and then there was another course that was advanced nutrition so long story short you can kind of tag these things on and build yourself up as you go along if you're willing to invest your time um the one thing I would say to people is really like any other topic, go out there with the idea of being the best in your industry if you can, like, yeah. because fitness has become such a huge thing in the industry mm -hmm. that I think we need as many quality personal trainers as possible. Mm -hmm. So really learn your craft, go out there and kind of delve as deeply as you can look at all the people who are really smart and leaders in the industry and learn as much yeah. as you can. Um, yeah. Because if I was to say one thing about the process that I took was that um, I met some fantastic people mm -hmm. and then I also met some people who saw it as the easy option. And the sad thing about that is that if you're just going after the money and you're trying yeah. to invest as little time as possible, this is something very serious where people mm. are trusting you with their bodies and their health. Yeah. And if you don't know what you're talking about, you could potentially put them at risk. So that yeah. is the one thing I would say to people, find a good course with good um, instructors and then invest hundred percent. Okay. So how would you know where to find the good coaches? Like how can you look? Cause you go through social media to put pictures, they have great bodies and then you trust that he knows what he's talking about, but maybe it's just a picture. How can you really say that, you know what, this is a coach that can really help me. Right. Well, I think the first thing is to see how they interact with people. So obviously for some of the larger social media trainers, it's a lot harder for them to respond to everybody that reaches out okay yeah. um but i think at the end of the day as i found in many other industries the people that are prepared to talk with you as long as you're not um you've got to find that fine line between asking some questions and building a, a bit of a relationship there and just exploiting someone and hoping that they'll keep you know giving you information yeah. for free so yeah. I, i've always been very sort of reluctant to ask too many questions but i think a good coach, a good mentor, anything like that, 
are the people that respond and take you through it and actually listen to what you have to say. Because if, if there's one thing that is wrong with the industry and continues to be wrong with the industry, it's that there's still a lot of one size fits all. So immediately, if someone says to you, you just need to do that and that, you should, there should be a warning there because although there are certain fundamentals that we should all follow, ultimately everybody's slightly different. So the person that you're working with should take time to get to know you, find out about what you like, what you've tried before, and also what's been effective, what hasn't been effective. Because the fact is, is that although, as I said, there are certain fundamentals which will definitely be beneficial and you can definitely put into 99% of cases, there's a number of things that, that, that maybe won't apply to someone or won't yeah. work as effectively. So I would say anybody that's trying to get a proper personal trainer, someone that can really help them, first of all, make sure that they're um, learned so that when you, you approach their content, do they know what they're talking about? Are they you know, putting the same things out over and over again? Um, and also try and strike up a conversation with them, ask them a few questions. If they're yeah. happy to take the time to answer your questions and spend a little bit of time getting to know you, yeah. then that person's probably good and, and, and wants to definitely do right by you. Um, but ultimately, you sign up with someone, you see how it goes, and as I say, the proof is in the pudding. If you start yeah. to change physically, if you start to feel better, then the guy or the yeah. girl probably knows what they're doing, you know? Yeah, <laughs> awesome. And and so what I noticed as well too is that not all exercises work for everyone. So when you're approached by a client and then you want to work with this client, how can you really know that, you know what, this client needs this, this client needs that, this client might need a shift in nutrition. Like how would you assess an individual? And I'd like imagine I want to come to you. How can you really assess and say, you know, this is what you need. This is This works right. for you. This doesn't work for you. Right. So there's a number of things. I think the first thing that you need to do is if you have a potential client is I always think of it as solving problems. Mm. So you need to get the full picture. You could easily write a program and say, do this and this. Yeah. And for some people, it might work. Mm. But as you said, there are certain exercises, certain different strategies that are not going to work for that person. So I think the best thing is to invest the time from the beginning, find okay. out about the person and dig as deeply as you possibly can build a relationship where that person feels comfortable to talk to you and be honest about some of the things that maybe they've let them let, let themselves down on, you know, mm -hmm. because quite, you know, quite understandably people are, it's difficult for them to open up about the things that they are, bad at or the things that they've done that they're ashamed of so again you have to build that relationship to get as much knowledge from them to get as much data and that's when you start creating the plan you say well what have you done before if the person says that they've done a weighted program or resistance program for and said it didn't really work for me you need to inquire a bit further and say well how long did you do it for if they say to you well i did it a couple of times over the course of a month you go right so that's probably why yeah. um you know you say to someone what exercises they said well when i do this exercise i get pain in my legs so you, you were saying for, uh, for instance Ida, that certain exercises might not work for them yeah. and a lot of that comes from the way that we're structured so everybody's body is slightly different as well so yeah. one of the big things for me is that when i do my trial session and i put them through the fundamental exercises i want to see how they're doing it yeah. and if there's any pains and stuff is that because they're doing it incorrectly because something as simple as a squat, for example, yeah. if someone is spending too much time leaning into their knees, you can understand why they're getting knee pain. Yeah. 
but if you suddenly drop the hips back shift that weight into the base and the back of the heel suddenly does the pain go away you need to check things like that are you feeling it in the right part of the leg so although in my opinion this is the right strategy you have to remember that it's also going to take up a lot more time so if you are a big influencer or a big trainer who's trying to reach you know thousands of people it's more difficult for them to have that level of uh, personability and really go deep with someone and and that says that's kind of why i would say when you're working with someone if you can afford to invest that time it makes such a difference to the individual um person that you're working with and so sometimes that you i've noticed too as well like people start off really motivated but kind of motivation decreases over time right. how do you stay how do you first of all how do you personally motivate yourself to keep going in terms of you staying in shape and as well yeah. as motivating your clients mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean so i mean in terms of motivating clients motivation only lasts so long Mm-hmm. So what you've got to do is at the very beginning, and I'm sure you've heard about this like so many times in different industries, but it's, it's kind of like become a cliche, but it's so important and it's about finding your why. So when I dig deep with people, one of the things I get them to do is sit down and emotionally connect to why they want to make the change. If their answer is, I want to drop a few pounds. If their answer is, well, I'm pretty sure I should be, you know, a little bit fitter, then most of the time I won't work with them because I don't want to babysit. I want to work with people who are really committed to making big changes and and it's going to change their their life to some extent. And that feeds into, you said, um, the motivation for me is when you see someone make massive changes and you can hear in their voice how great it is to see their body changing and to feel more physically fit and happier yeah that's all the motivation you need it's great this is awesome because then you're getting paid for a job where you love what you're doing and you're helping someone it's the best of both worlds because there's nothing wrong with earning a salary it's just that you're doing something that's worthwhile um but sorry back to what you were asking um so in terms of motivation for most people you've got to sit down and you've got to think to yourself like why am i doing this if i failed before what's going to be different this time and the main thing is is why is this so important to me if your first kind of reason is like um because i want to be healthy but why do you want to be healthy what connotations does that have down the road so the one for me for example is i really enjoy life but i don't want to just live life i want to live life at the highest possible level if i'm physically fit and happy I'm going to get a much better quality of life and increase the likelihood of having more years ahead of me experiencing all the things that I love and I know that I can dramatically increase the odds of that by keeping myself fit eating healthily for the majority of the time and keeping myself as happy as possible Um, so it's about just digging deeper each time look at something and write a one to ten of how important it is to you how much yeah. does that actually connect with you personally? Mm-hmm. That's where the start of this whole motivation comes. And you want to keep going back to that, you know? Yeah, I loved it. And you talked a lot about as well nutrition and nutrition, mm-hmm. how it has an effect on your body. So right. I wanted to ask you, and it's something that I've been always curious about. I personally have I'm super interested in nutrition and I just wanted to experiment with different diets out there, but I just wanted to, to see your perspective. 
what what do you think is the right kind of diet how like because people talk about counting calories others say don't some people talk about intuitive eating people disagree like there's so many there's keto paleo raw there's so many diets out there what is the right one like what is the right diet well the first one is to um the first thing about that is that it kind of in some ways some people could see it frustrating or some of us geeks like me um, (laughs) i see it as very exciting because the fact is is that there is not one right answer there isn't and i think most people know that we have to also think about what it is why are we eating why are we consuming what need do we have so for example if you are looking to reduce your body fat um then i would say this is just my personal opinion that counting calories is a very good thing to do Mm -hmm. um do you have to be ridiculously strict at first? No, not necessarily. If you're looking at portion control or the type of food you're consuming, already that's going to have a positive effect. But here's the thing. Yeah. As you go further down the line, if you still want to reduce body fat, if you want to continue making progress, then it isn't necessarily going to be enough. That's where you need to have a bit more data. And that's why counting calories is such a good thing or to have some idea yeah. of how much is going into your body. Uh-huh. Because if you're burning more than you consume, yeah. you're going to lose weight. Yeah. If you're consuming more than you burn, you're going to gain weight. Yeah. There's a tiny, tiny pocket of people, tiny, tiny, where this doesn't apply. The, the number is so small, it's not worth having this giant debate over. Okay. Um, it, the statistics there are, I, I, I feel like, um, again, no disrespect to anyone that is in that small bubble, but I think for a lot of people who just don't want to put the effort in, they go back to that small pocket, even though they don't apply to it. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think if you're trying to, as I said, get some data, then having an idea of how many calories you're consuming is a very good thing because even with healthy food, if you're consuming too much of it, mm-hmm. you're going to gain weight. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's really, really healthy. The fact is if you load up on it, then you're not going to get necessarily the results you want. When we talk about a health perspective, the thing is, is that everybody's built slightly differently. And although there are, again, like exercise, there are certain fundamentals, more so in exercise, there are more fundamentals that are definitely going to work. But in nutrition, people are built differently. And if you live in different parts of the world, your body responds differently to different foods. Mm-hmm. And so it's very difficult to say, do this, do that, because some people won't react well to that. You know, you hear, you hear all sorts of things at the moment, like the carnivore diet, the vegan yeah. diet, and things like that. And I think if you dig deeply into any of these, they all have merits to some extent. Um, but you really have to find the one that's right for you that leaves, you've got to listen to your body. Yeah. And, a, and, a, and a bit like what we were talking about before this podcast, you've got to listen to your body after a certain amount of time. There's no point doing it for a week and then going, well, you know, I'm going to make a clear cut decision. This doesn't work for me, or this is definitely the way forward. Yeah. No, give yourself some time allow your body to adapt and react to it and see how you're doing. The other thing I would suggest for people who aren't sure which direction to go is if you really want an effective diet, the best diet is the one you can stick to. So uh, with the whole thing about counting calories is that um, it is a pain. It really is, you know, Um, particularly when you're trying to get to low levels of body fat, it can be very difficult. But the thing is, is that there's no point doing a, what I call a short-term diet for short-term results. You could starve yourself and go crazy and look good for maybe a month, two months, 
But the likelihood is if you've gone to this extreme and you're not eating the things that you enjoy, you've just stuck to this, um, you know, fad diet, yeah. it's very likely that you're going to bounce back and you're going to be in a worse off state than where you were before. Yeah. So the best thing to do is to enjoy healthy, nutritious foods. Find stuff that you personally like and come up with a number of meals that you can interchange. So for me, I know what's nutritious. I know that I respond very well to vegetables. Um, I don't eat a lot of fruit just because I don't like it much, but I try and evolve some here and there. Um, I like to have a mix between vegan, vegetarian and meat. So I have yeah. a bit of everything. Yeah. And then, and then I just listen to my body and I, yeah. I, I go, well, I know these are all nutritious. I combine them. If something doesn't sit well with me, if I feel a bit bloated or if I'm not feeling great, I make a note of it. I have yeah. like a food diary and I say, okay, that's not quite right. The next time, do I feel the same when I eat that? Yeah. And although this can seem very in depth, it actually doesn't take much of your time. Mm. It really doesn't. And once you've done it once um, and you've planned out some meals and you know how many calories you're consuming, you don't have to do it again. It's all there. Yeah. The data's there right for you. Yeah. So very big topic. I've given you a long answer. Mm, that's <laughs> um, great. The yeah. thing is, is that you could just, there's so much depth to this. Yeah. You could spend every podcast talking about it. And a lot yeah. of people do so. And, and what is your intake on, on like bread on the, I think it's the blue shades. What do they call something like that? It's like eggplant and, and certain kind of fruits which have seeds that are bad for you apparently, or there's, there are other things which talk about the gut microbiome yep. and, and how certain like bread can not work for that. What there was other things that I know affect the gut bacteria. So the, yep. even that, like, okay, now you understand what's healthy, what's not. Now you know what to eat. But then if you dive deeper, then there's the gut biome. And Absolutely. So, so I mean, what now? Like now there's a gut biome and the things that you enjoy eating, you can no, no longer eat. So what is left yep. to eat? Yeah. So um, this is the thing. Uh, it goes, there's a, there's a, there's a few points I want to tackle there, actually. Yeah. First of all, there are, there are levels to this. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, and this is not something that I'm saying that you shouldn't try, but what I do think is people need to have a healthy perspective. Mm -hmm. Stress, for example, has a crippling effect on us psychologically and physiologically. If you go so far down the rabbit hole with, <laughs> with diet and nutrition that you're stressing yourself out, then it doesn't really matter if you're eating all the best foods because you've got that you know, constant stream of cortisol flooding you, which is right. gonna have its own adverse effects. If you want to make a career out of this, if your journey is to find a way to only eat the absolute best nutritious foods, then you're going to have to invest a lot of time. I know that there are certain things that I'm consuming that I've heard in studies. I've heard one person say it's not good and other people say, yeah, no, it's fine. I've also heard people that say, as, as I said earlier on, um, depending on what part of the world you're from, there are going to be certain things that you can absorb and, and use and other foods that other people reject. Yeah. Are there certain foods that are universally considered bad? Yeah, there are, but there are also things. There's, I, I was listening to something earlier on, for example, that was talking about, you know, some people being, uh, having hugely adverse effects to fruit, whereas to other people, fruit is a great thing and they should be eating more of it. Yeah. Um, and again, as I said, either it comes down to levels. If you're someone that's, not eating healthily and you don't have a healthy lifestyle already then just by reducing some of those processed foods you know heavily sugar laden foods um you know trans fats things like that and 
then introducing more vegetables and things that have less than five ingredients and that kind of thing, you're going to have an enormously positive impact on your body anyway. And so is it a good idea for us to always be looking at potentially foods that are going to have extra benefits? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But you, as I said to you before, you can go so far down that rabbit hole with so many contradictions, uh, contradictions, sorry. And um, that you can actually drive yourself a little bit crazy. And as I said, I think it's a lot of the time about listening to your body, following certain fundamentals, but listening to your body's feedback system. Do I feel more energetic? Am I feeling good? Do I wake up feeling good? Um, do I have, uh, you know, that sort of zest each day when, I, uh, when I'm ready to go to work? Am I feeling good in my workouts? Yeah. If you're saying yes to most of these, then chances are you're doing pretty good anyway. Um, so I think, long story short, I think you have to have, to some extent, a healthy balance. I think ultimately, unless, as I said, you want to devote most of your life to trying to figure out what ultimately the best foods we consume it's better to try and eat as healthily as possible exercise regularly decrease your stress levels and be active than to worry too much about that yeah that's what i would say um, i love the answer so much and my question here is uh, you said there's many different levels and stages for where you are so if you're like in a state where you're eating a lot of um tra- food with trans fat and other ne- like negative yeah. additives and sugars and stuff well the moment you cut those out and become a bit healthier you can see the notice and difference but what if you are in, in a place where you know all this you've worked through all that and you're just this you need this extra because as humans you always want to be the best of the best and you're just right. looking for this extra point to get you beyond your best of the best and you're listening to those other people talking about wheat or talking about um, some other things that people are talking about like gluten and all those details um yeah. uh, so or the i don't know if you've heard of the lectins as well uh, so people are talking about that so to what extent do you stop i think you kind of answered it which is more towards like trusting and listening to your body so would you say that um, first of all, what you need to do is eliminate all those things. And then after your body is kind of cleared from all those processed foods, then you start, you know what, let me listen to what my body is telling. Is this kind of how it goes? Yeah. So I mean, right. This again, it's a very, this is why, again, the topic is so interesting yeah. because there is so much diversity. There's uh, so many different opinions. And I think the best you can do at the end of the day, uh, from my perspective, for example, is to say, I will try to learn as much as possible. I will try to listen to my body. I will experiment. Um, And then I will try and gain, as I said, that as much knowledge as I can. Yeah. But here's the thing. You you actually said something earlier on when you've, when you've got rid, you've, you've, um, a night kind of, uh, what was the word you used? Sorry. Um, eradicated i think something like that yeah, eradicated yeah. all the processed foods and something like that um here's the thing i believe there should be a healthy balance if you're someone that wants to spend their life only eating healthy foods yeah. um because you enjoy that great good for you continue down that road educate others on the things that you found out but ultimately most of us enjoy treats we enjoy the odd bad food as well and i think I personally think that if you spend your whole time worrying and restricting, as I said, you're more likely to adversely affect your life than if you have that 
I don't want to use the percentage, but there's a, there's always the sort of the 80, 20 percent rule, yeah. or the 90, 10 percent rule. Um, do I agree with those numbers? Not sure. But I know for me, if I want to sit down and have a little bit of popcorn, I, I'm going to have it occasionally. Yeah. It's a little treat for me. The majority yeah. of my time is spent. I exercise regularly. I, um, I try to meditate a little bit. I keep myself active, getting up, you know, every sort of 45 minutes if I'm not yeah. exercising or if I'm sitting down. Um, yeah. I drink a lot of water. I eat healthy foods, as I said. But I want those treats. That's kind of my thing. That's fun. It makes life yeah. interesting, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say you should go and do that as much as possible. I, I believe in a healthy balance. I really do. So some people are going to disagree with that and say, no, you shouldn't eat any of that stuff ever. And as I say, if that makes you happy, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Not a problem. And there are plenty yeah. of things out there that are good for you that taste amazing. And yeah. I love them. But ultimately, the people that I work with are not prepared to give up everything that they yeah. enjoy that's bad for them. Yeah. And so we go, okay, so how can we make significant improvements mm -hmm. and have the best quality of life while still including a few of those options? Um, hope I answered your question there. Yeah. Sorry, I know that you said about getting to higher levels of it. Yeah. Um, just very quickly to touch on that. I think if you are that person um, and you're kind of very, very into your health and really want to learn more is just to keep you an open mind, read as many books about, uh, there's a good book, for example, called Diet Cults. I forget the author's name. That's a fascinating um, and, and very broad uh, book about different um, uh, diets and where they've come from and the history of, of uh, human evolution with that, which is wow. fascinating. So things like that are great for people. Um, but as I said, I think the majority of people just want to be healthier and the best version of themselves. And as you said in your last podcast, yeah. uh, it's about being, um, it's being good and pushing yourself, but remembering that you're a human being and you're not going to be perfect. Yeah. And that's pretty much yeah. where I see people making huge improvements, but ultimately understanding that they are human and they're never going to be perfect. And actually maybe they don't want to be perfect either. Yeah, so. yeah that's true. And you talked yeah. a lot about listening to your body. And that's something that is very interesting because it's different for everyone. Because sometimes yeah. like, you're like, okay, no, I'm eating this thing, but this meal has like six, seven uh, different ingredients, right? Then you eat this, you eat this meal, and somehow you got bloated. Then now, how, right. can, how can you really know what caused it, caused you to feel this way? Or sometimes, and one episode that I had was a, a guy was kind of sharing that he has his um, fingers swell. Like, how immediate are you supposed to feel when, <laughs> like, seriously, yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, there you go. So actually the finger swelling obviously is pretty, it's pretty immediate, right? So <laughs> I think if you have any adverse reactions like that, it's a very good idea to stop what yeah. you're eating yeah. and arrange to have a, an allergy test with the doctor um, or at least, you know, no, actually have an allergy test with the yeah. doctor. Let's just be safe. No, no, um, wait, I mean, I don't mean like swelling, but you can feel the yeah, pressure. No, no, yeah. No, no, no. yeah. <laughs> well, I think, as I said, I think the thing is, is that um, with anything, um, it's always worth having I think journals are a great idea for a number of reasons, but I think having a, a food diary where you just make a few notes, if you notice something, write it down. What was it? And just keeping a diary, put some dates in there. I mean, this would take you, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, just to note down a few things. But what it could do is lead you to uncovering a correlation of foods that don't sit well with you. I mean, you said to yourself, you know, I 
felt bloated after a meal well sometimes sometimes that happens sometimes yeah. it, it depends you know um what i think is important is when you start feeling bloated a lot of the time when you start feeling if you feel you know nauseous if you start having as i said um things that do negatively impact your body even if they aren't severe yeah. and trying to look at well hold on this is happening more regularly yeah. what am i eating what's my usual diet like uh -huh. and you know because there's so many people out there that are kind of suffering from um you know stomach issues and things like that so i think it's very i think it's good to not only like i said keep a journal of some of the things that you're you're consuming and and look at how regularly you're consuming them but also yeah. just have an idea of anything that you feel in your body if you feel like um you know kind of lethargic and stuff like that perhaps you've eaten too much and it's probably like, well, don't worry about it. Just don't eat so much next time. But as yes. you said, if you're getting like a constant bloating or if you're getting nauseous, like I'll give you an example. Um, protein powders are a really good topic, yes. right? Yeah. Because I've tried uh, uh, numerous different ones and I've had ranging effects. So what I've done is I've gone, okay, I've, I've bought a product and I've used it. Yeah. And I've realized that after a couple of weeks, you know, every time I have that, I'm, I'm just not feeling great. And it's not settling down because certain foods, you know, they start to settle down after you've eaten them. You can't, your body kind of gets used to them, if, especially if it's something new. Um, yeah. and, and again, I want to just be very clear here. If you have an adverse reaction, which is very bad, I do not think that you should keep eating it until it settles down. I, I'm talking about something that gives you very mild discomfort, which could be related to something else. You just have to kind of go to something that's not going to bother you too much. And what I would do is with these protein powders, for example, I would sample it, I'd go, okay, yep, still not really feeling it. Maybe that's not for me. I'd write down the brand, have a look at some of the ingredients, and then I would try something new. Um, maybe I would try an unflavored, or I'd try a new company, or I'd try, you know, let's not do this one, let's try a vegan one, or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I, I basically would keep working with that until I found the right product, which, I, which I've done. And I just continually to, to create that feedback system so that I know if, if I eat something and I'm eating it regularly and it's not feeling great, I go, okay, what about this meal is not making me feel good? If I have it on its own, if I have that ingredient on its own, do I get the same thing? It's like, I love onions. I love them so much. But yeah. after a period of time, I started to realize that raw onions, they just don't agree with me. They, they, yeah. they don't like me. I like them. They don't like me. Um, <laughs> yeah. And as much as <laughs> I wish that wasn't the case, I realized that I could limit them and not have the same reaction, or I could eliminate them and completely get rid of that reaction. And I think, again, you have to monitor how your body feels, to what extreme, yeah. and keep a record of that. And then, as I said, maybe you find something, an alternative that you can introduce to the meal that's yeah. gonna be like a good substitute that doesn't make you yeah. feel that way. Yeah, and I, I love something that you mentioned earlier and you were like, okay, you know what, now you kind of ate a big meal, you felt that you ate a bit more, but you talked about yeah. this thing where you're like, okay, you know what, okay, I did it, I learned from it, I'm not going to punish myself for doing it, and yeah. now and now I'm going to go on with my life. That part, when you, you said it really quick, but I mean like, this is so powerful because sometimes you're just punishing yourself for small things and then the moment you kind of say that oh my god i failed then you're like oh my god okay i messed up let me continue messing up it's not worth it right, right? so right. when you mentioned this i'm like wow this is a great point to mention and 
we in this in this episode we talked a lot about fitness about nutrition but i know right. as well talking to you earlier there's a huge mindset behind that all of course so yeah. you want to talk a bit about how mindset has, has been integrated into your fitness journey and how that's been helping you and helping your clients as well yeah um a great point what you were saying before as well I, I really agree with that and um i i think mindset is everything to some extent i think um your mindset and the way you choose to see the world the way that you choose to approach things has an enormous um sway on the the way that things turn out i really do believe that and my kind of my whole life has been centered around that um through from early kind of struggles and stuff like that when I was a teenager uh, and into my late teens, early 20s, really battling with that. And actually, um, fitness obviously really helped very, very much. Exercise was a big one. Uh, nutrition, obviously not drinking too much was a big one. Alcohol yeah. has a hugely detrimental effect on our mood and our mindset. So we have to be very careful of that. Um, but I think, I, I think personally, there's kind of like, there's the physical fitness and there's the mental fitness. Yeah. And just like this, I think it's something that you need to work at. I think you need to push yourself to do things like the gym where people don't want to exercise. Yeah. You know, it's good for you. And ultimately when you leave that gym or when you leave your workout, you feel better than you did before because you pushed yourself to do it. Mm. There's a thing I, that I'm going to divide some people on here. I know I am, but it's something I truly believe in. There's a lot of people online um, advocating, uh, you know, be kind to yourself, take it easy, you know, everything is good, relax. And although I think you should learn to accept yourself and love yourself, I also believe in the power of self-development. I think you should continually try to improve yourself, to be a better version of yourself. So when I train, it's very, very similar to what I try and do with my, my mindset. I try to make myself do things which are difficult where there is resistance so that I can build that cerebral strength. And do I always get it right? No. Do I have patches when I'm down? Yeah, absolutely. But the one thing I can say honestly is that every year um, I've been a little bit happier. Yeah. And I believe that my happiness is due to the fact that I try so hard to mentally train myself. Yeah. So when I look at the mindset, I almost, I pair fitness with um, mindset and happiness because I think that both have these enormous similarities, as I said, about yeah. pushing yourself and pushing your body to fight against the resistance, to prove to yourself um, that you yeah. can cope when things get difficult. And I think yeah. this is very similar. You know, it's all about challenging ourselves out there, doing things that we're frightened to do, um, experiencing new things and trying new things and stuff. And I think, um, I think it's everything. I really do. I think mindset is just, uh, it's such an important thing for us to do. There's, a, there's an amazing thing actually. And I, I really hope that I don't offend anyone with this um, stereotype. I could be completely wrong. Um, it's, it's just that, one of the things I love about America, for example, is that there's a maybe slightly occasionally there's more reference to having a shrink. So having a therapist. And I think that's such a smart thing to do because we go to the doctor if something isn't right. And our mindset, as I said, I think is the most potentially the most important thing in the world. So why can't we all 
shift the stigma of struggle of mental health problems and actually say do you know what why don't we all have someone that we can go to and declutter the brain and and bring these issues out and just like you would if you if something goes wrong with your body you go to the doctor to try and heal it right you don't necessarily take medicine but you want to know what it is you want to figure out the ways that you can work through it and that's exactly the same as going to like a therapist you know lay out your issues talk about the things that you're that are rattling around your head that you can't be as objective about lay them out give them put some light on them talk to someone and treat it as a therapeutic session there should be no stigma there we should all do that that's just a way of being good human beings right you know yeah no 100 and and there's also a point that you touched on a bit earlier where you said you're pushing yourself beyond the limits just to challenge yourself and to prove it to yourself that's something i love so much you're like i want to prove it to myself i don't need to prove it to other people but for me that it gives me happiness it gives me satisfaction so i love that you touched on that yeah yeah and and I know as well too, there's so many people like who who end up doing a certain thing and they, they're just so passionate about it and they have, they're so driven just because of something that happened to them previously or in their childhood or um, they were, they had something in their history that made them get triggered into being the person that they are now. Would you right. say that there's something in your history or your past that triggered you to start into this uh, fitness and health and nutrition? And Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say, number one, um, as I said, the seed was planted with my, my dad in the early ages, you know. He's kind of, has always been my, um, a bit of my hero. Um, he's a, he's a, just a legend to me basically. And so seeing him run made me want to run, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, I would also say is that when I, you know, as we all do, how we have dark patches and, and difficult times, I think when I, when I sank into one of those and I was kind of frightened of the world, I didn't want to do the medicine thing. So I had to figure out, I tried, I tried the medicine thing. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, I had to figure out methods because i knew that i could not accept how i felt yeah it was awful and it was horrendous and it took a very long time to get out of but i had to find tools that i could use in order to move forwards and so it was that kind of like funk that darkness that led me to realizing that i'd been lazy and i'd kind of not done anything with my life i was giving 30 percent i was doing i was really barely trying with so many things and i realized like there's all these things you want to do you want to you know be a musician you you know you want to get into great shape and stuff well you better start doing it because tomorrow isn't for certain and i think that darkness gave me that push to go do you know what i'm frightened and i'm upset and i'm angry and i'm depressed anyway so let's yeah. just give it a go. Let's just go yeah. for it. Let's just try yeah. it. Let's just do it anyway. How much worse can it be? Yeah. Um, and like I said, I don't want to, for all the people out there that are depressed, that are struggling, you know, I, I'm so sympathetic. And there are going to be days when you don't even have that energy to get out of bed. You don't have that energy to pick up that book. But trust me, even finding one small golden nugget each day of information that you can use for yourself or or as I used to do, write down a list of things that I did, daily achievements. Even those tiny things are wins that you can put in the bank account. You know? So even if you feel really bad about yourself, you've done these things in the day, you can say, well, 
I could have laid in bed all day. No, I did that. Yeah. So I, I looked at it like that. I built a foundation and I built and I built and I built and I built. And um, that, I suppose that darkness pushed me, like a lot of people, to be creative and to do things I was frightened of. Yeah, I love that. So I have a, I have a question here. Like, what would you say was the most valuable lesson you've ever learned? Like something that was like, wow, it was such an epiphany and just my mindset, my the way I view things just shifted. What would you say yeah. one thing? Wow. Um, I think I really wanted to avoid throwing out a cliche, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but someone's probably listening going, you've given out loads of cliches so far. Um, no, I, I, I'm going to take something from a guy who is kind of that figure of self-development and stuff like that but it's because it comes straight to my mind and it was one of the biggest lessons and it just happened to come from this guy it was the progress equals happiness tony robbins yeah for me when i first heard that like 13 years ago or something like that when someone said to him if you could sum up how to be happy the quickest possible way i tried so hard to find quick fixes and solutions and for some reason that one thing stuck with me. And when I heard that, I realized that my level of happiness would increase with the things that I pushed myself to do. So when I tried harder, when I got better at things, when I did better, my level of acceptance of myself became stronger and my levels of happiness rose as well. Yeah. And I, I genuinely, genuinely think that might be the most important thing that yeah. I've ever learned um, yeah. from another human being because uh, that gave me the fire to, and the courage, I suppose, to push myself, investigate a bit like what I was saying about the training and nutrition, yeah. keeping a diary, what works. And every time I tried that a little bit harder or I achieved something, I was like, oh, wow, hold on. Something feels a bit lighter. There's a little bit, the darkness yeah. has sort of moved away a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, progress equals happiness is I think for me personally, the best lesson I've ever learned. Yeah, that's awesome. I actually have two questions. I don't want to take more of your time. No worries. <laughs> but one question that I have is um, if, if you were to go back to a younger version of yourself yeah, and with what you know now, what would one thing uh, you would tell your younger version of yourself? Right. I think about this once a week, by the way. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even think that's actually necessarily that healthy because you can't control your past, you can't do anything about your past. But I do think about it. I think about what, I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at now and what I've done. But I think to myself, if I'd have only applied what I've applied in the last six, seven, eight years, maybe 10, <laughs> if I'm being generous, if I'd have done that earlier. So I think what I would say is be like, um, I would say to my younger self, life is difficult um there are challenges but you know what you have strength to get through them so work hard be nice to people because that is a big one it, i mean it's a cliche again but it is true it's great yeah. be nice to people they'll be nice to you and if they're not nice just don't have anything to do with them just <laughs> cut them away but like yeah. be nice um don't um don't give up when things get really hard because life will be difficult and just work relentlessly at things that you're you're passionate about you know like i know this is one of those ones which again divides people about passion and stuff yeah. but I, I genuinely think um in general if you can do the thing you love it's pretty great so yeah it's not always yeah. going to be 100 percent perfect it's not but in general yeah do what you yeah. like you know 100%. have fun 
Amazing. And I have my final question. I always ended up this way. And it's, um, what is your definition of success? Like, what does success mean and look for you? Yeah, this is a really tough one, actually, because, yes. I mean, I think, I think we have to address money. Um, I think some people don't need it and, you know, go and live in the wild and that's yeah. awesome. In some ways I almost envy that slightly. I wish I could be that person. But I think, I think realistically, the small portion of success that comes to money is very much about just being able to provide for my partner, for my family and to experience as much from life as possible. I love traveling the world. So I, I think for me, actually, um, I, I obviously, I need that money to travel the world. Uh -huh. um, I don't need much else, but that's a big one for me. Yeah. But I, I think success is to earn a living doing something where you can enjoy it and help people at the same time. I mean, I really think if you can do all of those things, yeah, there is no greater success. If you contribute to the world and you're helping people, it's like if, if someone goes away feeling better about themselves, yeah. uh, feeling and just being a better version of themselves, and you've helped that yeah and you've earned a living from that and you've enjoyed it how yeah. how can that be like yeah any, any better than that i mean absolutely you should help people and you know and do things that you're not necessarily going to receive from you know I, if we're doing stuff all the time where we just want to have something back then i i think maybe the moral compass is a little bit off there so i think that's what i was saying about earlier on about the trainer and that a decent trainer should want to give you a little bit of time and talk to you about the process and, and kind of yeah. hear you out because they owe it to you anyway. And that's just being a good human being. Yeah. But like, I think if we're talking realistically, as I said, from a career's perspective, success, I think if you can, as I said, earn, help others and enjoy what you're doing, you've hit yeah. the jackpot basically. Yeah. I, I actually, yeah, I, I, I love this conversation, conversation, honestly, like we touched base on health, about nutrition, about mindset. You answer, answered a bunch of questions, which is awesome. I really like the way you've changed, you kind of explained it. And, and it's, it's so empowering to see you coming from a nutrition and fitness perspective, talking about, you don't need to follow a certain diet. You don't need to look a certain way, but more of understanding where the person is coming from, working right. together, being kind to them, just being listening to what they're trying yep. to say and work and with I, them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would say, I, I should tag on because I think you, I, I will say with that, there are times when you do have to say the things that people don't want to hear. Um, you don't need to be nasty, but you're going to have to tell them things that they don't want to hear because health and fitness, um, particularly if you've um, not been healthy for a long time, yeah. it doesn't happen, happen overnight and it is not an easy process. Anyone telling you it's easy is flat out lying because it isn't. Yeah. And for some yeah. people, it's going to be even harder. But yeah. here's the thing, as I said in a post recently, there is so much that you gain from the struggle of getting fit and healthy you gain so many tools along the way so if you actually wanted to look amazing and feel amazing with no resistance at all you've kind of missed the point a little bit um so i, I really believe in that but as i said I, I think it's important to be truthful with people is that you should be as healthy and as fit as you possibly can because as i said all of us want to experience life to the best you know and if you're healthy and fit and you can not only enjoy life to, to the best, but you can also, uh, uh, sorry, I think my screen's gone. Yeah. No, you can also enjoy um, and serve others better. And that's a really important one. That was not, that's not mine. That's somebody else's, but I really latched onto that. 
if you're in the best possible state and it's about giving to other people about being altruistic yeah. you should still put your health first because you can't serve them if you are in an unhealthy state yeah. Um, yeah. and let's be honest if you are unhealthy and you know you're kind of out of shape and stuff like that you might think it's all okay now yeah i feel okay but later on when you get older yeah. look at the difference between people that have been exercising all their lives and eating well and people that have been eating rubbish and refuse to exercise it's yeah. very very different and unfortunately there are a num number of negative health consequences that are almost yeah a hundred percent going to happen if you yeah. follow that route yeah. so look after yourself take care of your body and use that to be the best version of yourself enjoy life to the max and help others that's what yeah. i'm saying wow thank you honestly for everything that you said thank you oh, for coming pleasure. into the episode thank you yeah. for having me on and uh, thank you for listening to my waffle there was a lot of talking there <laughs> no it was awesome thank you so much and i just want to say thank thank you as well for everyone listening to this episode and as well if people were to connect with you where should they find you um yeah um so there's a, a number of uh, different places but i think the best one is if you can contact me on linkedin um okay. that is at the moment a very new platform for me and uh, i'm really enjoying chatting with people on there so it's adam mosley you can find my company which is basically um adam mosley health um and yeah come and say hello like if you want to have a chat if there's something you're not sure about come and say hi message me perfect and i'll, I'll attach the link to your linkedin profile in case thank you appreciate that Perfect, perfect, great. And I just want to wish everyone an awesome rest of their day and we'll see you again in the very next episode.